Welcome back. There have been quite a few announcements in the world of video games in the last couple of weeks. And I want to take an opportunity to sit down and go over some of those, give my thoughts on what I feel about those and how I think they'll turn out as time goes on. Of course, I'm referencing the PlayStation Plus update, how we're going to have tiers and they're trying to be a competitor to Game Pass in some capacity. We'll go over E3's cancellation for the digital and physical events in 2022, though they do say they're going to return next year. We'll discuss that and why I think that might be a far stretch as we go on and more companies see they can do their own thing without E3, as well as the microtransactions in Gran Turismo 7, which has been covered quite a bit. There's a lot going on there, but that's typically what you're going to expect with games as a service. I wanted to give my thoughts on that as a whole. But first, if you're new here, make sure if you haven't, follow us on one of our social platforms. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, TikTok, as well as YouTube, mainly just uploading packs that we're opening up there, but looking to expand that whenever we get some free time here and have an opportunity to do so, editing some videos for bosses I fought in uh, Elden Ring or other games that we might be playing at this time. I'm thinking about picking up Weird West. It released yesterday and possibly doing some kind of playthrough, loading that up there as well. But only time will tell if I have an opportunity to do that or not. But let's dive right into things here. If you're, if you're new here, thank you for tuning in, giving us your time, checking us out here. If you've stuck around since the very beginning, thank you so much for all the support you've given and sticking with us throughout this whole process as we've tried to continually improve as we go along. But diving right into things, the first topic, the major topic we want to discuss is of course that PlayStation Plus update. They of course are moving more to a tiered system similar to Microsoft in their Game Pass experience, though it is a little bit different there. So in, you're going to have your yearly PlayStation Plus, just the essential is what the base service that we have now is called. And you know this, that's, you can keep that if you want. I usually pick that up about 35 40 bucks a year. You get a couple free games. It's not bad. It's not a bad service. But they have upped the offerings for the other two tiers, and they have two other tiers. The second tier is going to be called the PlayStation Plus Extra, and this is going to provide all the benefits of the essential tier, as you would expect. There's going to be a catalog of 400 of the most playable PS4 and PS5 games, they say. They're going to be blockbuster hits from the PlayStation Studios, and third-party partners. So this tells us that the the first-party titles will be there, and there's 400, and there's an asterisk beside that. I guess they're, that's an estimate on the number they're actually going to put up there at this time. This is going to be a good experience for you if you don't want to necessarily buy those games. You can wait a couple months, and then they drop on there. The pricing is a little bit different. Of course, with the original PlayStation Plus, I think that is, what is it, 10 bucks a month, 25 uh for a three-month period, 60 for a year. So that's not terrible. So when we look at the second tier, that the the uh, extra that I just mentioned, that is 15 a month, 39 for a three-month period, and $100 for a year. Moving on from that, we have the PlayStation Plus Premium. And now this is where it gets a little bit interesting. They start to add in a lot more value. In my opinion, this is a lot more value that they're offering here. But there's a caveat, and we will get to that. So this is going to provide all the tiers of the all the benefits of the previous two tiers, of course. They're going to be an additional 340 games that are going to be PS3, which are available via cloud streaming, and that is the caveat for me. There's going to be a catalog of beloved classic games available for both streaming and download across the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and the PSP service. 
if if you live in a country that does not offer PS now, then that will be scaled down. I believe the price will be scaled down there a bit as well because of course if you're not able to access that part of the service, then they're going to you know, they're going to give you an opportunity to purchase this tier and get the benefits of those downloaded games without having to deal with the parts that you do not. They're offering, uh, there's going to also be time-limited game trials, which will be offered in this tier. So it's basically a demo or something like you have with the Nintendo Switch Online where that would have those free game trials for seven days to play that, I'm assuming, if it's not just a demo and it's cutting off at a certain point in the game. So let's say they let you make it past the first or second act, but they don't allow you to to round third and head on home and finish the game. Because if the trial period is long enough, there are going to be individuals like myself who are cheap, who when Captain Toad Treasure Tracker tried to beat that game before it uh, went back on that seven-day period. I came close, didn't achieve that, but I believe there will be pe- people like that if, they, if it's a full game unlock and it's just a timed trial. But it doesn't really say. It only says it's time-limited game trials that are offered in the tier. It doesn't specifically state, you know, hey, this is only a portion of the game or anything like that. And this version, the PlayStation Plus Premium, is actually $17.99 a month, $49.99 for a three-month period, and $119.99 a year. So that is $60 cheaper than Microsoft Game Pass. And one thing you will notice here is there is not the offering of day-and-date PlayStation first-party releases. And PlayStation, I don't believe they were ever going to offer this. They probably will not do so until they're put in a position when they have to. Because if you look at Microsoft and their first-party titles, Microsoft, of course, releases those game and date. Uh, but the problem with that is is they don't have a, a whole lot of first-party titles out there. I think as of late, the ones that come to mind for me are going to be Halo. They're going to be uh, the Forza. And beyond that, I really can't think of anything. You have your Gears of War they own Fable, but they are very limited in their first-party titles, in my opinion. That's not giving Sony an excuse, because I feel like this was the lazy way out. On Sony's behalf, I feel like they're kind of holding out. They know that their titles are going to sell very well. If you have titles such as God of War selling 10 million copies easily, why would you put your games on this service? Day one, at least. Granted, they probably will come to this service at a later point, and I have to imagine, imagine after about three months or longer, I'm, I'm not even sure how Sony will do this. We'll have to wait and see when this is rolled out in June. But I have to imagine at some point they'll get to the three or six months period and they're just going to drop stuff on there. Because you have to imagine if they can sell this for $70, 60 or $70 a pop, they're going to want to get that money first. And they don't have the bag that Microsoft has. Microsoft has a huge war chest there backed by the software sales as terrible as those as that software might be, they continually push it out every year and sell it handily sell those subscriptions to companies. And I've been saying for a long time I just need to develop a direct competitor to that to take one of those functions like the team app itself. I hate that app. I really wish somebody would come along, give Microsoft a run for their money because they basically have a monopoly on this and they have so much money available to pour into other projects such as the gaming side of things due to this they have all this money from those software sales and they they can just pretty much throw their weight around there pretty much do what they want to they i mean they bought bethesda for goodness sake for a 
couple billion dollars there. It's it's kind of ridiculous there. They bought uh, Call of Duty, uh, the developer Activision, so they th they're throwing their weight around purchasing those studios, and they can afford to not sell those first-party titles as few as they might be. You have to know there are people out there who would pick up that, that Forza who are going to go out and they're going to pick up Halo Day 1. I know I was guilty of this in the past on the uh, original Xbox console. I picked up Halo back at Halo 2 on launch date. So there are going to be people like that who would do that, who won't necessarily throw that $70 at the screen there. They will basically just sign up for Game Pass and get that for free day one. That is some of the added benefits of Game Pass there that you're not going to get from this. But like I've said, I believe this is due to Sony knowing that they won't have a problem selling anything. There's still going to be people who sign up for this because it's, they have the PS3 titles on there, albeit cloud streaming. I'm not a fan of that, and in my area, it would never work at all. I'm sure that there are certain areas where your internet is high speed enough that you can take advantage of this. I'm just not the biggest fan in general because cloud streaming, cloud gaming is not where it needs to be. The closest people to actually get it right were Stadia, and I think they've basically just, they're selling off the technology behind that, and they're shutting their doors on the Stadia project there. It would be nice if somebody like Sony could pick that up and take advantage because you have the uh, Google infrastructure there, the Google technology that they've come up with, and I know that Sony is using Azure, that is a Microsoft product, to try to bolster their stuff because they were trying to compete with Stadia. But now Stadia is a non-factor. They're not. They're not. Uh, they've shut, shuttering the doors to their studio. They're not seeking to add any more first-party IPs that I know there. Just game streaming in general is not something I'm a fan of. It, it's there's too many problems with this, and I'm not a big fan in general of Sony actually locking backwards compatibility behind a tier on PlayStation Plus. That's kind of crazy to me. When you have Microsoft out here who was supporting backwards compatibility for a long time, and they garnered a lot of goodwill by doing so. They had several games that on, over the course of Game Pass and everything, they would, they would just add in support for it. And if you had the disc, you could go ahead and pop that in. If not, you didn't want to spend the money on a costly game that had gone up over the years due to the rarity. You could just buy it off the game front. And I thought that was an excellent thing, and I really wish we could get back to that with Sony, but I don't think that's ever going to be a thing. Ever since Nintendo has been able to monetize their back catalog, it's set a precedent across the industry that, hey, I can take these older games that we have that these people are looking for, they want to play, they might not want to break out that old hardware, they might not even own that old hardware, and we can put it on here, put it as part of our subscription service, and hey, that's annual income there. For these companies, it's a good thing for them because it is it is residual income over time. It's guaranteed money if you want to have access to these. It's interesting to see that Sony has finally given us information about this. This, um, I guess you would call it a competitor to Game Pass, kind of, but without the day one purchases, it definitely loses some of it, some of its value there. The PlayStation Plus Deluxe, their select markets for markets without cloud streaming. PlayStation Plus Deluxe will be offered at a lower, lower price compared to premium, and it includes a catalog of beloved classic games from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations to download and play. So if you are in an area or in a country that does not offer PlayStation Now at all, that is going to be for you. 
So that PlayStation Plus Deluxe is going to take the place of PlayStation Plus Premium. And of course, that would be there. And I'm, I'm, I have to assume they're going to knock about $20 off that. It might be maybe maybe $10. Bucks. Let's, let's, let's see. Because we had the first two tiers there for the yearly. And I'm just going by the yearly here. And it is $99 a year. And then we go up $20 to the uh, premium. So it'll be interesting to see how much they knock off there. I can't see it being a whole lot, though. They might knock $10 off there. They're not going to knock it back down to the extra plan. Because you're, you're getting extra benefits out of the deluxe plan, even if you don't have the cloud streaming. And cloud streaming doesn't work everywhere anyway. So what, that's not that big a deal to me, you know. But moving right along to that, I wanted to touch just briefly on E3 being canceled for 2022. It was announced announced yesterday by the ESA that the uh, digital and the physical events for E3 2022 would be canceled. It would return in 2023. They stated they were doing this due to the health concerns behind COVID still. Man, I thought we were over this already, but I guess we are still there dealing with it. And I can't necessarily blame them. They want to make sure that everybody is safe. At the same time, I have to wonder how many companies are actually going to turn up next year. Because if you remember last year, Sony didn't even have an event with them. If you can do your own thing and not pay them an exorbitant amount of money to actually have a booth or have an event at this event or have a uh, display or any kind of announcement at this event, then by all means... As a company, you're going to be looking to cut cost, and this is just another way in which you can cut cost. Because this, if you can live stream a service, it is significantly cheaper for you as opposed to flying people out, displays, setting up your booth, the whole announcement showcase. Now, I don't get me wrong, I love E3, but I think it's almost lit, outlived its, I think it's outlived its usefulness at this point. In the digital age, when... We're continually doing everything digitally, uh, telework, everything. Then it it just does not make a whole lot of sense to me in the grand scheme of things. Also, another uh, delay that we actually got was for Breath of the Wild 2. That's going to be coming in 2023. I know many people were looking forward to this, but with this year and the amount of releases we've had already and then the games that are still to come that we don't even know about, I think we have plenty to play to keep us tight, to tide us over until the 2023 release is spring 2023. And maybe I'll have time to go back and finish Breath of the Wild, the original, before we even get there. But we shall see. And one of the final topics I wanted to discuss is, of course, Gran Turismo 7. And one of the final topics I wanted to discuss was, of course, Gran Turismo 7. That, of course, being around the microtransactions in the game. Because when the game launched, none of the microtransactions were in there. The reviewers uh, did not have information that it was going to be in there. They were given a part of the game, basically the the single-player version, without any microtransactions after release, just like many other titles like Crash Team Racing, microtransactions were added in post-launch. And this is a bit deceptive on the developer's part. If your game is going to have microtransactions and you have an idea that it is or you know that it is before it's even released, which this is a live service game, it's games as a service, of course it's going to have microtransactions. I feel like you owe it to your audience, to your consumer, to be transparent with the fact that, hey, there are going to be in-app purchases offered here. And the 
microtransactions in Gran Turismo 7 are egregious. They are just greedy, greedy, greedy. And I looked at Video Games Chronicle. They went over, they highlighted some of the differences there. There were a couple of the examples that clearly stuck out to me. So in the original, or in the game, GT Sport, which I believe that was the title for the PlayStation 4, if we look at that, of course there were microtransactions in there as well, though not to the degree that we have in 7. And if we look at the Ashton Martin Vulcan 16 in Gran Turismo Sport, $4.99. There's not the ability to just purchase outright in Gran Turismo 7. You have to purchase credits, which again can be earned from doing races, but it is a grind. It is a heck of a grind to actually do that. They're supposed to be patching it up. There was a big patch where, uh, at some time at the beginning of the game where it actually took the game down for over a day. If you have single-player aspects of a title, there's no reason that should be down. I Granted, I understand you're trying to prevent cheating, uh, updates to the economy of the credits earned and everything for those courses. I get that. I get that. Do something implement something in your game or build it in a way that when you take it offline to deal with those things, your single player experiences aren't affected because this isn't, it's a multiplayer game, but there are single player aspects of that. That should not be affected by you taking the server offline. But due to those microtransactions, it definitely is. Like I said, you can't purchase outright in Gran Turismo 7. You have to purchase credits. And that same Ashton Martin Vulcan 2016 is 3,300,000 credits in Gran Turismo 7. That is the equivalent of $40 of in-game or of in-world money, real-world money. The McLaren P1 GTR 16, again 499 GTA GT Sport, 3,600,000 in Gran Turismo 7, $40 again. The Audi R18 TDI 11, 299 in Gran Turismo Sport. 3 million in Gran Turismo 7, again $40. This is more than a little bit ridiculous here, and you you can only you can only be bought for three thousand credits. Like I said, that's forty dollars of in-game money. The credits are broken down as such: you can buy a hundred thousand credits for two forty-nine, two hundred fifty thousand credits for ninety-nine, seven hundred fifty k credits, nine ninety-nine, and two million for nineteen ninety-nine. So you can see why that the the cars costing three million credits is going to cost you forty bucks. There's no option to purchase the other credits for in a lesser amount. Even if you tried to cheap out and do do it a little bit differently, you end up paying more. You end up paying more in the long run because at that point you're paying $15 for that additional and then you've lost out on on a, on a good bit of credits there. You, you've lost out because you, got, you have that million there, but if you throw that extra $5 in there like you would expect to have the the other million credits, then you only get 250000 So it is very deceptive. They do this sneakily, and I've seen people online defending it and saying, hey, just play the game. Not everybody has all day to grind in a game. Now, I'm guilty of spending endless hours grinding in Destiny. I ain't got that kind of time anymore. I got a family. I got a kid. I got other things, other obligations to do. When I sit down to play a game, I don't want it to feel like a chore for me to do. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy it. And granted, you can play the game without all the cars, but the objective of this game is ultimately to collect every one of those cars now when they did that update they had reduced the payouts on some races updated or increased it on some 
and they have stated that at this point they've gotten a lot of backlash from fans. They've said, you know, they hear hear us, they're gonna go back and they're gonna actually update it, make it a more fair economy. But you have to know that Sony planned this. Sony and uh, Polyphonic they planned this. They plan to be able to monetize this. That's why it is a games as a service model. This is one of their titles that is meant to supplement the the extensive cost of developing the God of Wars, the Last of Us 2s, the the uh, Horizon Forbidden West. These are there to create income for Sony as a whole. This is their plan. They want several. They I think they have like ten or fifteen live services games planned. They plan to release that's why they acquired Bungie because their work on live service games such as Destiny 2 they want to let them do their thing and just make that money off those microtransactions it is disgusting it is icky it is gross not a big fan of that I'd like to have my game as a whole when I purchase it yes and let me race and unlock stuff another problem they had at launch when Gran Turismo 7 they did not allow you to sell your cars so you could purchase the cars all day, but there's no option to offload it on a second-hand market or anything of the like. So that just made it even more difficult. If you didn't want some of the cars you had, you want to get rid of those so I can upgrade to that uh, Lambo or whatnot, that was not a possibility. And I am glad to see that they have taken notice of the backlash they've received from the vast majority of fans and gamers. I personally haven't picked up this game. I don't necessarily know that I will. I'm not big on racing games. I'll play an arcade racer every now and then. But this doesn't necessarily look like it'd be up my cup of tea. I'm not that big on sim races. Sim racers, I would, however, let them bring back Need for Speed Most Wanted, the PS2 and the Xbox versions. I would be all over that. I'm, like I said, not a big fan of the sim racers, and that's exactly what this is. A real-world racing is meant to simulate that. There are plenty of people out there who enjoy it, and I might pick it up one day when it goes on sale, and Sony isn't as heavy on trying to seek as much money out of it as they can get when they further patch it down the road. They are, of course, giving away some free credits as well for people who are upset about this. If you have Gran Turismo 7, just sign in. You can obtain those as well. I, I forget the date you have until a certain period to update that. It's like till April something, but... If that's your thing, go ahead and get those free credits. It doesn't amount to a whole lot, but, you know, it's something. It's, it's a developer towing the line a little bit and saying, hey, you know, we get it. Here's a little something to uh, to make you guys a little bit less angry. And Gran Turismo 7, if it's for you, that, that might be your thing. Racing games, like I said, in general, aren't mine. But I just wanted to sit down and discuss with you guys some of the news going on around video games as of late. I know there's been a lot going on and been busy with uh, life and everything else in general. And I just want to take that opportunity to discuss some of that. Get my thoughts on, of course, PlayStation's new service. E3 being pushed back to 23 and 23. Canceled for this year. Of course, Breath of the Wild 2 and Gran Turismo 7. And all those microtransactions. What do you think, though? Are you okay with the game model and Gran Turismo 7 as it is? Are you okay with the economy that they have in place? Is it too grindy for you, or is it just right? Or do you have endless hours to spend on the game? It's PlayStation Plus, that uh, new tier. You're going to pick up a new tier. Uh, sign up for the high tier, mid tier. What? 
for me, the game streaming just isn't there. It's not my favorite thing. I really hope that we do end up one day with a way to download those PS3 titles or backwards compatible, just pop a PS3 disc in. But with Sony being able to monetize that, I don't see that happening. But if you haven't already, if you have any ideas for how we might be able to improve the podcast, give us a shout. You can always hit us up at woodyougaming at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on one of our social platforms. Appreciate all the support, and thanks again. Enjoy.